This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Today, I want to talk to you about preparing for action. We have our action conference coming up, and I, I want you to make sure that you're in the right place to go in. See, God takes you out of one situation to have you go into another. But you have to leave one position to go into the next. Did you know that? How many of you know two things can't hold the same place at the same time? Hmm? I sometimes give an illustration. I'll get somebody to stand up here and I'll say, okay, hold your ground. I say, but now I'm a new thought and I want to move them. But see, you have a stronghold, so sometimes something stronger has to move it. That's usually me. I'm usually stronger than that person, you know. I make sure he's somewhat small. But even big guys, I take them off guard and I move them. But in your life, there are strongholds. There are things in your life that if you don't move them, you cannot enter into the thing that God wants for you. And so today I want to talk to you about that a little bit because as we approach our action conference... I believe that we have to understand that there are many times that God shows us, that he gives us these patterns and principles throughout the scriptures of how he tried to move his people into promise. But in order to move them into promise, he had to move them out of something else. You see, he promised deliverance from Egypt, but it took 40 years for the children of Israel to finally get the slave mentality of Egypt out of themselves so they could go into their promise. It wasn't that God didn't move them. God took them out of Egypt, but they couldn't see themselves out of Egypt. And so Egypt was in them, and God said, hey, go into your promise. They couldn't go into promise because of a slavish mentality. Recently, in your daily reading, we're studying the book of Kings, if you'll notice in the book of Kings, even with King David, even with King Solomon, King Solomon, here he's this incredibly wise, supposedly wise king, and yet it says that he's worshiping in Gishon, because it was the high place. It was the most notable high place. By the way, God didn't want to be worshiped in Gishon, but God honored Solomon, even though he worshiped in a high place. But God wouldn't tolerate it once the temple was made. God is constantly looking throughout the scriptures for a king, for a leader, for a person that he can lead into his promise, a king that will lead his people into his promise, a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, whoever that will lead into the promise that God gave us. Now, we all understand the promise. The promise for you and I is Jesus. The promise has always been Jesus. The law came by Moses, but truth came by Jesus Christ. The promise is through Jesus. Abraham received the promise. The law came for the Jews. We skipped over the law. We're not under law, and we received promise. God's always wanted the Jews to enter into promise. So he gave them type and shadow. He gave them sacrificial lambs. He gave them all kinds of pictures trying to get them to come into promise. The Jews never did come into promise. But we Gentiles were grafted into the Jewish inheritance of Abraham, and Abraham's blessings are now ours by promise. Do you understand that? But we have to also walk in the promise. We have to come into a place where we can walk in that place. The Israelites were constantly being taken back into some form of bondage. They'd have good kings, they'd have bad kings. They'd have evil kings, they'd have righteous kings. And even the righteous kings never tore down all the high places. There was always some kind of high place in their lives. Like, like many of you, like many Christians. Although you're born again, there's certain things that you have not allowed God to deal with. And they become snares to you. They become bondages to you. They become strongholds in your life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you today. I think he's talking about you. But we can see this 
is the pattern in Israel. The Israelites are taken into captivity. They're taken into Babylonian captivity. And because of their disobedience, because of their rebellion, and then it took 70 years for them to finally come to a place that they could once again regain the promise. I believe that this year's action conference could be a time of deliverance for somebody who's been bound by the bondage of sin. I believe that this year's action conference can be a time of deliverance for someone who's been bound by depression or fear. I believe that this year's action conference could be a turning point of deliverance for someone who seems to be bound up in endless battles. I'm actually believing that for Celebration Church Borrowdale, Celebration Church family of churches around the world, we're coming to a watershed year. We've been 40 years pursuing a promise and that this is our year to enter into promise. You know, when, amen, go ahead, give the Lord a hand. That's good. You know, when God, when God spoke to me to come to Zimbabwe, he, he gave me a vision. Now, I've only had like one or two visions in my entire life. This was a real vision. Uh, by the way, you need a real vision to stay here. I mean, I don't have to be here. You know that. You guys are Zimbabweans by birth. I'm a Zimbabwean by choice. Amen? Amen. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is God gave me a vision. And uh, some people think, oh, look what you've done. Look what God's done. None of this is the vision. This is just stepping stones to the vision. If I told you what God showed me, it's a glorious and it's a magnificent church. It's something that we've never seen before. And you're part of that. You're part of it. And I've never been more excited than I am right now for what I think is about to happen. Because I, I, I think we're right here. We're right on the edge of something absolutely... Well, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me because you've never seen it before. You've never heard it before. But I have seen a couple of moves of God in my lifetime. I was part of one in the 1970s, early 70s, called the Jesus Movement. When I came here, we were in the middle of a revival. Did you know that Zimbabwe was only 20% Christian in the late 70s? And now we boast of being 85% Christian? I don't know how Christian we really are. I think we've had a lot of converts that say they're Christian. I think it became popular. Uh, I think Reinhard Bonnke says that we're a thousand miles wide and an inch deep. But it is a basis for God to do something. And I think God wants to say something to someone. Open your Bibles with me to Jeremiah 29, verse 10 through 14. We're going to read this this morning. So if you have a real Bible, I'd like you to open it. You may want to just stay there because we're going to go through this today and there'll be a few supporting verses, but you can underline, you can mark. And I think God wants somebody to know what Jeremiah said. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Everybody say expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, and you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again to the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. My message for you this morning and leading up to our action conference has to do with not getting comfortable in our captivity. See, many of us have become comfortable in our captivity. But I've got news for you. You're coming out. You're coming out. So, some, some of the comfort that we've, 
we've, we've got comfortable with some of the weird stuff that's going on in our nation. 5,500 people have died of COVID, but more than double that have died of car accidents. We don't do anything to fix our roads or to deal with car accidents, but we're still wearing masks everywhere. Even though the science has come out now and proven that those masks are absolutely detrimental to your health, that you're getting sicker by wearing one than if you were to just breathe the fresh air that God gave you. Now, I know that you won't believe that because you won't go do the research yourself, but go research it. There is absolutely no scientific proof that that mask works for a virus. A virus is one micron in size. That paper mask is 60 microns. It's like shooting BBs through a chain link fence. Doctors, honest doctors, some of our, our doctors are brainwashed, but honest doctors that have studied, they know that they'd never wear a mask for a virus ever. Masks are for doctors in surgery to keep bacteria from going into a wound, not viruses. In fact, proof of this is that in any virological lab, they wear a suit that has its own oxygen supply that has absolutely no contact to the outside so they're protected from a virus. This virus is gonna be around for a while. So is the flu, so are other things. But this has been hyped up. We need to be careful. Then vaccines. They're still called test vaccines. They're still trials. But no, we're imposing them on people. You can't work unless you take one. Are we being made captive? Have we been taken captive by someone? My mentor told me this. Do not let someone build your world because they'll always build it too small. I choose to have my own free will. I choose to think. I choose to do my own study. I choose to resist some of these things. You know, 10 years ago, I started, or about eight years ago, I started talking about one world government. I started talking about a global reset. Some of you thought I was crazy. Well, today it's in the newspaper every single day. You will own nothing, but you'll be happy. No, you won't be happy. God never created the world that way. God never created the world to be one government. That's bondage. A few people governing the whole world, that's not how God never created it that way. In fact, God hates centralized government. God loves localized government. That's why God made the basis of everything, the family. But some of you are just willing to buy into this globalist thing to where somebody takes responsibility and you don't have to. No, God made nations, tribes, kindred, ethnos. We should celebrate our differences. We should celebrate our nationhood. But see, the more we move towards the devil system, which is control, which is manipulation, which is fear, all those things you can tell where the, they generate from by the emotion that you feel. Every time I feel fear, I stop and say, no, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Who is generating this fear? Where does this fear come from? Because I can tell you, God never uses fear. But governments do. Governments will put you in fear, and you'll give away your freedom, your liberty, your rights, and you'll go into bondage. Whom God, whom Christ sets free, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Now, some of you don't want to hear this, I know, and some of you have been brainwashed. I understand that, that we have a lot of people in the church that just live in constant fear. But God wants to take you out of your fear and into liberty. Yeah, but I know somebody that died. Yeah, you know what? I know lots of people that die. Every year I bury more people than you ever want to know. My only concern is that we're burying very few people from COVID, but every year we had just about the same numbers of people die of flu. I'm burying more people today that couldn't get treatment because they had heart attacks and they had all kinds of diseases that couldn't get treated because we had this one disease, supposed. We've had people that are losing their health. I think we need to stop and think a little bit. Go look on the list 
of things that people die of in this country. COVID is like number 20. But we've stopped the whole world for this little disease. There's something wrong. And fear can no longer motivate us. I want to help all of you who are listening to remember that God will always give us an option for hope in our lives. But it's a hope that can only come through a power that is not of this world, that is not of yourself. It's not a power that comes from any person, any philosophy, any organization. It's a power that comes only through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. There are many who just feel like giving up, giving up on God. I can tell you, that's the spirit of the devil. When you feel like giving up, you feel like, well, where's God? What do you mean, where's God? God hasn't moved. Where are you? You're in bondage. They give up on their marriages. Well, I'll tell you, COVID has had a drastic effect on people's marriages, on families. They're giving up on fighting the depression or the sickness that they're battling. Many say, well, what's the use of going to work? What's the, what's the use of looking for work? You've lost your hope. You've lost your hope. I want to encourage you to turn to him. I'm going to ask you to make up your mind that you're going to put your trust in God. Trust God, the God who gives hope to the hopeless and strength to the weak. Make up your mind. God will bring you out because that is the expected plan for you. The expected plan for you. Turn to one of your neighbors and say, you are coming out. No, no, say it like you mean it. Say, you are coming out. Turn to somebody else. You are coming out. See, for many of you, you've not yet come to the point where you've allowed God to take complete control of your life. I want to give you hope today. If you will surrender your life to God, truly surrender your life to God, God will lead you to a place that you'll be able to come out of bondage. For others, you have not opened and allowed God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So you have no power in you to resist temptation or the devil or sin. If you'll just open up and allow the Holy Spirit to come in you and to come upon you, you'll have the power to come out of the bondages that you're experiencing. You see, I believe if you'll make yourself available during this message or during the week coming, the week of action and our action conference, there is a deliverance for somebody who is bound by sin. There's a deliverance for somebody who is bound by depression or for somebody who is bound in endless battles. God wants somebody to know that you need to live in expectation because the end is not yet. But get ready because he is bringing you out. Amen. Come on, tell somebody, he is bringing you out. Now tell somebody else, he's bringing me out. See, somebody is living in an unexpected ending when God is wanting you to live in an expected ending. You see, without God, we don't know what lies ahead and we don't know if we're gonna make it through. All we have is this unexpected ending. But God is saying to this church and to the individuals that are struggling, we need to expect a good ending. And we must allow him to show us the way. You know, we've been getting ready for action and we've been spending weeks preparing for our 40th anniversary. How many of you know this is the 40th year of the church? That's a watershed year. I'm excited about it because, you know, I'm not excited that we've had 40 years. I'm looking forward to the next 40 years. I've said, wow, Every time 40 hit in the Bible, something spectacular happened. 
You know, God broke off bondages. God broke off enemies. God gave a hope. God gave a future. I'm saying, hey, I think that's where we're at. We're right on the cusp of this thing. I can't wait. So here we have been praying and we've been fasting. We've been preparing the building. New sound system, fresh paint, cleaning house. We've had all the people that were here working with Project Nehemiah. How many of you worked with Project Nehemiah yesterday? Look at, look at these hands. Where were the rest of you? Where were you? I want to thank you all. Thank you all for coming and thank you for working. Did we have fun? Yes. Yeah. I, I saw some girls. I, said, I told them, I said, I think we should do this every weekend. We're having so much fun. We really did. We had a lot of fun and it was, it was great. And you know, involvement is the key to your calling. If you get involved in something, something amazing begins to happen in your heart. You know, anyway, we were uh, doing all this work inside and out of the house, cleaning, the, cleaning outside, cleaning inside, washing walls, painting. And uh, wh why are we doing that? Because something good is about to happen in this place. That's why. We, you know, we're getting ready. We're, we're anticipating that, hey, I believe that something's going to happen. See, I really do believe that Action Conference, and this one in particular, more than any other year, is this kind of watershed moment in our history as a church. As we gather and as we set this time aside to truly humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, as we seek the Lord, as we congregate and we open our hearts to him, as we open our hearts to one another, we move from our captivity into our hope and into our promise. The Israelites were in bondage for 70 years. Now, this was different than their bondage in Egypt. This bondage wasn't quite as difficult as the bondage in Egypt. But the problem was that they had become comfortable in their bondage. And they were not in the land that God had promised them. God did not intend for his people to stay inside of that Babylonian system that was filled with corruption and filled with greed and manipulation and control. He did not want them bound up in a place that wasn't their own. It's time that someone starts thinking about where they're going. Because God is getting ready to bring you out of the trial that you're in into the blessing that only he can give. God sent Jeremiah to tell his people something. In verse 10, he says, For thus says the Lord, that after... Seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. I will visit you. There will be a visitation. And I'll perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. But I want you to know, God was telling his children, the children of Israel, that there was about to be a visitation from God. A visitation from God. That's what I sense is happening. There's about to be a visitation from God. Now, if you've never known a visitation, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I've had a few opportunities to be where there was a visitation from God. Webster defines visitation as a special dispensation of divine favor or retribution. I didn't like that definition. As I studied it, I thought, I like the one side that says a special dispensation of divine favor. I thought, I can handle that. I said, but what about this retribution? See, and, and, and one thing you have to understand about the Bible, one thing you have to understand about God is that God's blessings and curses go together. Every time he speaks blessing, there's a curse. Every time there's a curse, there's a blessing. And you get to choose. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of paradoxical thing that happens whenever God shows up. For some, he's blessing. For others, he's curse. When Jesus showed up, it says that he was a sweet-smelling savor to those who were being saved. But he's a stench to those who are lost. To put it plainly, a visitation is the process of going to see somebody in their house. I told the first service that uh, 
I had a boat early in the ministry, and I used to like to go out and go on to Lake Chivero and just speed around a little bit. I don't, you know, and so I would do that maybe once a month. But I was tempted to name the boat Visitation. So that when people from the congregation phoned in, they could say, well, he's on visitation. <laughs> You'll get that after lunch. I know. Some of you don't get that, okay? Uh, sounds spiritual anyway. What this meant for the children of Israel was that God was going to visit them at their house. But he needed them to get to their house. In this definition, this word visitation, there's two big words. The one is dispensation, the other is retribution. Dispensation is a special distribution of divine favor and rewards to those who invite the visitation. You see, visitation doesn't happen, you have to seek it, you have to desire it, you have to want it, you have to make yourself available for a visitation. But retribution is punishment for wrongs committed. Now, the reason this is so important, you understand it, because paradoxically, when you study the scriptures, you find out that God constantly puts this before people. You know, we live in a world today where preachers are preaching, God wants you blessed. You're just blessed. No matter how you live, you're blessed. Just be blessed. 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 I'm blessed. Everything. No, no, no. Here's what God said. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your seed might live. It's not all blessed. It's blessed or cursed. You choose. You can't be blessed and do cursed things. You can't keep doing the cursed thing and think God's going to bless it. It just got quiet in church here. Just tap your neighbor and say, tell them, don't you think the people that need to be here should be listening to this? <laughs> See, I believe that God wants you and I, all of us, those of you listening, to get ready to have a visitation. And he wants us to get ready today. He wants to visit us today. He wants to have us invite him into this place. I believe God also wants... Uh, to distribute some divine favor, some rewards to his people. He desires to do this not only corporately, but individually. Some of you need a blessing from God. Some of you need divine inter intervention. Some of you need heavenly power to do the next thing that God's asked you to do. Many of you have been away far, far too long. And he wants you to know that if you'll invite him back into your life, and if you'll invite him back into your family and into your home, your day of visitation will come. Now, many of you have been afraid to come to church. There are people still out there. They're just living in constant fear. For goodness sake, guys, live our lives. Trust God. I want you to notice something about the visitation. The visitation was in some other place than where they were living. It wasn't at the house that they had made in Babylon. Some of you have made houses in Babylon. You're living in a worldly system, and God says, I can't bless the worldly way you live. I can only bless in the house I made for you. Many people are not where they're supposed to be with God. In fact, there are many people who have left the house of God, and they are living in captivity. For some, it's a captivity of their own making. For most, in fact. You make your own hell. You make your own captivity by the choices you make. But I believe this. If you will invite God into your life, if you will come and join with others who are seeking a visitation, then he will change your life. Look. The Bible says that the whole world lies in darkness. Did you know that the world is out to destroy you? Did you know that this world is not one good thing in it? Not one in the world. 
The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but the world and the world system is totally corrupt. Every facet of the world system is corrupt. It lies in darkness, utterly corrupt. That's why Jesus said, I send you out like sheep among the wolves. He says, you go into this world, but you're not of it. Our flesh is rebellious against the Spirit. How many of you know that if you leave yourself to your flesh, you will rebel against the Spirit of God on the inside of you every single time? How many of you know, how many of you know your flesh is strong? Now, see, you don't want to raise your hand, hey? A little bit of self-control there? No, the truth is, every one of us knows that our flesh is strong. And, 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 and left to itself, you will sin. Your flesh will overcome. That's why we have to be built up in the Spirit. And how many of you know that the devil is fighting to keep you from your day of visitation? How many of you know the devil hates you? If he can keep you from the visitation that God has in store from you, for you, then he has prevailed in your life. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Those are the three enemies of every Christian. And how do we overcome the world? The Bible says this is that which overcomes the world, even your faith. How do you get faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the spirit, listening to what the word of God says. You can't be strong in faith if you don't have the word of God on the inside of you. How do we overcome the flesh? As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the mature sons of God. They will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. How do you overcome the devil? Well, we saw the picture of that. Jesus, three times being tempted of the devil in the wilderness, said, it is written. It is written. It is written. You tell the, the devil what the Word of God says, not what the circumstance or the situation says. You fight him, he resists the devil with the word of God, and he will flee. But you need to know the word of God. The word of God is the greatest sword that you have against your adversary, the devil. I'm shocked at how many Christians have no Bible in them. Well, you know, God is good all the time, all the time. God, shut up. Shut up. That's a cliche. That's not, uh, it's true, but man, it's not Bible. Well, you know what I think? I don't care what you think. What does God say? My word shall not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose where until I send it. Your word is useless. Hmm. I don't know where they hide the amens in this church. But it's the truth, folks. 1 John 4, 4 says this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, let me tell you something. I know this. You can overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil by the greater one who's on the inside of you. The greater one is the Holy Ghost. The greater one is Jesus Christ who abides on the inside of you. You are of God, little children. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are of God. You are of God. See, if you're born again, you are of God. But you need to start acting like you are of God. So this action conference is your chance to receive something from God that you've been needing for a long time. So make time. Make time. Set aside the time to attend. Get yourself ready. Because I know this. When you allow a visitation, you're coming out. You are coming out. In, to the, in the, uh, today's English version of the Bible, I love the way he quotes Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. Now, God has a plan for you. God has always had a plan for our lives. You may have come to this church or hearing this message online, or as a recording, or some other way, or, and, and yes, you may have been planning to come to church for some time, 
but you're here today. Or, or maybe it was just a spur-of-the-moment decision and somehow you got here. But maybe you planned to listen or maybe you just landed on this message when you hear it. But regardless, it doesn't matter because God knew what he was doing. He had a plan exactly for you. He knows you need to hear this. I believe that you are here or that you're listening to this message because God wants you here, because God wanted you to hear, and that you can move into a closer relationship with him if you'll just open your heart and say, I want God. His plan is working to bring you hope, to bring to fruition the future that you've always hoped for. I'm talking about a future of righteousness, peace, and joy. See, some people think, oh, only in terms of this world. If I could just have a new car, if I could just, stop it. Stop it. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Not a matter of cars and stuff and things. and all. It's a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, the only way you can find this righteousness, this peace and joy, is by being filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that Celebration Ministries in general, and you in particular, need a visitation. We need to have a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this church and in our lives. The only way to have this righteousness, peace and joy that I'm talking about is to leave the captivity of the world, of the Babylonian system, the bondages of sin, to repent of our sins and to enter into the kingdom, the kingdom of God. The kingdom has a whole different disposition. It's not a destination. Many people will tell you, oh, the kingdom's here, the kingdom's there, this, this is what the kingdom looks like. No, the Bible says it doesn't come with observation. It comes in the hearts of men. The Bible tells us that the kingdom is a disposition, not a destination. It's righteousness, right thinking, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And this only occurs when you're full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I believe that most people who claim to be born again and are not happy. See, if you tell me you're born again and you're not happy, it's because of some kind of a religious bondage. Somehow you've been bound up. This, act, this action conference, some need to be delivered from the bondage of being religious. Religious bondage is when somebody is claiming to be spirit-filled, but never renews the spirit of life on them. The Bible says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourself, it's in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. And submitting yourselves one to another. Boy, can I tell you something. If you don't refresh yourself in the Spirit, if you don't renew yourself in the Spirit, you can get trapped in religious bondage. Some of you speak in tongues. But you've stopped speaking in the Spirit. You just memorize that tongue. You're just babbling the same thing you memorize. It's no longer life. It's no longer power. It's just blah, 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 blah. You may as well just go blah, 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 blah. It's true. I, I watch Christians. I study you. Boy, I'll tell you what. You can tell when somebody prays out of their spirit. Out of their belly flows a river of living water. There's a, there's a river that God wants to flow to you. Let's not get into religious bondage. It's when we do things outwardly that are not necessarily convictions inwardly. Do you do things just to, for the appearance of people? Are you like a Pharisee now? Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> on the outside you look good, but on the inside you're dead men's bones. Just tap your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about somebody that should have been here again. See, we all need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's the only way we can ever come out. Jeremiah prophesied these words in Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. He says, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me 
and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. When you search for me with all your heart. Don't worry, you've heard a crying baby before. Just keep looking up here. That baby is going to be just fine. You shall, when you search for me, seek for me, and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Well, I tell you, we have a chance to search for God with all of our heart, this action. I'm encouraging you to come and do so. See, it's not enough to call upon the Lord alone. Merely calling on his name isn't good enough because we have to search for him with all of our heart. I believe that today and throughout the Action Conference, our Heavenly Father is looking for somebody. I think he's looking for a church that will remember what he's done, yes, in the last 40 years. But I think it's, and I think it's important to recall our past victories. We've had many. We've done some amazing, and we're gonna do that. Over this, holiday, over this, over this uh, action, we're gonna remember some of the things God's done for us in the past. He killed, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. So who's this uncircumcised Philistine? I think sometimes you encourage yourself in the Lord, okay? I think we need to remember his goodness towards us. I think we need to remember what he's done for us individually and as a church. But I also believe that it's a time to forget some things and to release certain people and to repent from some issues and some occurrences of this past season, this last year, this past week. And we need to begin to search for him with all of our heart. Let me close. Jeremiah was telling the people of Israel to prepare. Prepare yourselves to come out of bondage. A bondage that they had become accustomed to. During our action conference, which I think begins today. Personally, I think I've already started. I believe that I'm preaching to many who have accepted their bondage as a part of their walk with God. They've excused their sinfulness as if it's just the way it is. That's just who I am. You just have to take me the way I am. They say things like this. Well, we all have our weaknesses. Or, it's okay. God loves me as a sinner even though he hates my sin. Well, let me tell you something. That's the biggest lie out there. God not only hates the sin, he hates the sinner. Oh, he, he loves you. But let me tell you something. If you persist in your sin, he will judge the sin and he will judge you. Don't mess with sin. It's not God's will that you stay in bondage. God's will is that you be set free, that you live in liberty. The delivering power of Jesus Christ is always available, but you have to understand that you cannot be delivered until you are fed up with being in bondage. That bondage has been plaguing you. Let me close with this verse of scripture. You all know it. I'm gonna read out of the English version because I like the way it reads. John 3, 12, 1 through 12, listen to what it says. There was a Jewish leader, his name was Nicodemus, who belonged to the party of the Pharisees. One night he went to Jesus and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher sent by God. No one could perform the miracles you were doing unless God were with him. Jesus answered, I am telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now, can a grown man be born again? How can a grown man be born again? Nicodemus asked. He certainly cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time. I'm telling you the truth, replied Jesus, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. A person is born physically from human parents, but he is born spiritually by the Spirit of God. Do not be surprised because I tell you that you must all be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. It's like that with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can this be? Asked Nicodemus. Jesus answered, You're a great teacher in Israel, and you don't know this? I'm telling you the truth. We speak of what we know and report what we have seen, yet none of you is willing to accept our message. You do not believe me when I tell you about things of this world. 
how will you ever believe me when I tell you about things of heaven? I'm going to tell you something, folks. God wants to show you some things from heaven. But you're having a hard time understanding some of the natural stuff. The new birth is a coming out experience. This morning and throughout action, throughout our action conference, is your opportunity to come out and let God put you back where you belong. Some of you need to come out again of bondage. Not be born again again, but come out of the bondage you went back to. Galatians warns, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Some of, some of you have gone back to Babylon. Some of you have gone into captivity. It's time to come out. Others of you, you're not born again. I'm shocked at how many people say they're born again, but they've never given their life to Jesus and they have no fruit in their life that would show me that they're a Christian. In this church, in this church, and in all the churches in the town, we have women who have become predators of men because they want babies. They want to get married to somebody. They don't even care if they're a small house. We have men who have become predators of women because they made a little bit of money, think that they could just play around with another person's emotions and their life. We have people who are doing things that they know are wrong, but, oh, well, God's going to wink at it. No, he's not. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. It's time to be born again. It's time to show fruit, meat for repentance. You say you want the Spirit of God. You say you want a move of God. But the problem with that is when God shows up, with him comes favor and retribution. For some, he'll be blessing you. For others, he'll be exposing you. So those who really want God won't show up. Or or will show up. Those who don't want God won't show up. Because guess what? When he convicts you of your sin, you must repent. Or it'll break you. The Bible says this, fall on the rock and repent. Or the rock will fall on you and crush you. I know we all say, oh I, oh, I just want God. I'm not sure we do. I do. I'm asking for a move of the Holy Spirit, this action, launching us into our next 40 years, into our promise. I'm asking you to join me. Wherever you're at, let's all stand right now. Wherever you're at in this auditorium, everybody stand. If you're online and you're listening, It's time for you to repent. It's time for you to come back to church. It's time for you to get your heart right with God. It's time for you to be born again. If you're not born again, no man can enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, unless he's born of water, which means you were born from your mother, and of the Spirit, which means you were born again. If you're not born again, you're not saved. And if you're not saved, there's a hell that awaits you. And we don't want that for you. We want life for you. If you're here today and you've never been born again, I'm not talking about raising your hand. I'm talking about born again. You gave your life to Christ and it made a difference. You were convicted of your sin and you said, God, I I can't live this way anymore. I'm afraid that if I were to die, I'd go to hell. I want to know that I have eternal life. Not because somebody said, oh, you prayed a little prayer at the altar. No, no, it's not praying a prayer at an altar. It's a change of heart. That you know that you know that you know that you are born again. There's been a change in your life. You can never go back to the things you used to do. If you've never had that, raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. I want you to be saved today. Just raise your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. I'm not saved, but I want to be saved. I want to be. Just raise it high. Raise it high. We're not ashamed here. We love you. We all, we've all made this prayer. If we're really born again, we've made this prayer. This morning we had people raising their hands. They said, I need God. I want you to know the convicting power of a living God. I want you to be saved from your sin. Is there anybody at all? I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. Come on. God bless you. 
Who else today? Pastor, you're talking to me. I need God. I need, I need God. I thank you. I need God. See, we played church long enough now. We've had a religious thing going. We can't do that anymore. We want the Holy Spirit. Some of you, you know that you're playing with fire. You're, you're, you're not living the way that God told you to live. And you have every excuse. You say, oh, well, it's, and you've made all the excuses. But you know that that's not true. And you're trying to figure it out yourself, but you need a visitation from God. God will get you where you need to go. He has a hope and a future for you. But if you're going to keep it in your hands, you've chosen cursing. And it'll curse you in the end. You'll have nothing you can take to your children, nothing that anybody will sing your praises about. And you'll have nothing left when you die. But if you let God build the house, he'll build it. But unless the Lord build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Will you let God build your house? Will you trust God or are you going to figure it out yourself? Well, Pastor, you're such a hard preacher. No, I'm just telling you the truth. I love you. I just want you to get into the blessing. You talk about the blessing, but you'll go run to a prophet. It'll rub your head and take your money. I don't take any of your money. I just tell you the truth. You really want the blessing. I believe you do. Be here for action this week. Let's press in. Let's seek it with all of our heart, all of our mind. Let's break that bondage of alcohol. Let's break that bondage of drugs. Let's break that thing that... I can't break. Let's break that bondage of depression and fear. Let's break that bondage of sexual sin, lust, by seeking Him with everything we got. Father, I pray for these today. I ask you for your grace to be mighty, mighty, mighty upon them. Father, for everyone that is serious about you, Father, I ask that you would put a fire in their heart, a desire to seek you with all their heart all their mind, all their soul, and all their strength in the precious name of Jesus. Father, bless this action conference like none other. Father, as we seek you with our heart, our mind, our soul, our wills, and our emotions, Father, would you meet us? Would you bring your Holy Spirit? Would you bring your presence? We've made preparation, but only you can do the rest. Give us our hope and a future, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.